Hi, welcome. You're about to catch an episode of The Pause on the Transformation Network that I brought over here to my podcast so you could listen to it if you didn't want to watch it on YouTube. Um, it is about leadership today, talking about two different ways of leadership, leading from expertise and leading from learning and what that means and how it applies to leading outwardly other people, as well as leading yourself. This was actually one of my favorite episodes to date. So I really hope you enjoy listening to it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to The Pause with Ellen Wyoming Deloy. Life can be demanding and most of us get caught up in the busy go, go, go. But there is great value in taking a moment to pause and reflect. Constant momentum does not always equate to forward momentum. And I'm here to teach you how to take a strategic pause so that your next step is purposeful and in the direction of your goals. Develop self-awareness and skills that improve your ability to walk through life with intention. This is the path toward a more balanced, fulfilling state of being. Take a beat and then take action. The pause with me, Ellen Wyoming Deloy, starts right now. Hi, good morning. Um, I I was just listening to the introduction for this show. I thought to myself, my, how interesting. I'm actually in a pause right now. One of the things that um, is interesting with being an intuitive and being clairvoyant is that you get pictures and images and a sense of knowing or feeling quite often, even when you're not trying to read a situation. And something that I've realized has come up for me in the past uh, couple of weeks, really, probably since mid-October, is um, that I can't see November and December as like calendar months in my head. And I mean, I know we're in November now and there's no abyss and I was not swallowed into an alternate universe, but when it would be around like my calendaring, right. So I would, um, you know, you can visualize what your, what your month ahead looks like. And like, Oh, I've got these events or these meetings or these clients or whatever. And November and December to me just collapsed into like a black hole. And I could see January of 2022. And I was like, that's really interesting. And I mentioned it to another couple of people who are, um, uh, also intuitives and, um, coaches and they, they were so surprised. They looked at me and they were just like, wait a minute, you too. And, um, so it kind of gave me some relief that it wasn't just me. I had a brief flash of something like catastrophic globally happening that no one had two months. And I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more, um, seeing that this is a time of, <laughs> I'll interpret it for myself and not for others. Um, but it's a time of renewal and transformation. And that's very real for me right now. Um, and I know the topic of the show today is around aligned leadership, looking at leading from expertise and leading from learning. And I think this is a really good example of me leading from learning. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about what I mean by both of those uh, terms in a moment. Um, I just uh, kind of invented them. Um, I'm, sh I'm sure they exist in some form, though. I feel like a lot of these thoughts uh, are, are around in the ether. Um, but the example right now that I'm setting with like leading from learning is that I'm just trusting my instinct that it's time for reflection and hibernation. And I'm going through a lot of um, changes in my professional work. I um, have decided with 
bravery and my own strength. Like a lot of people already do this, but for me coming from just kind of like a lot of the stuff that I had to unpack in my own self-healing journey, my own healing work, um, to be out fully and doing intuitive work and clairvoyant work was something that I couldn't imagine myself having done a few years ago. Um, I knew I had it. I knew that it was always happening when I was working with my coaching clients, but it wasn't something that I had ever walked around like doing or talking about. And so I didn't know how to shift my identity to kind of become that person. Cause I had a picture in my mind of like what, like an intuitive clairvoyant kind of psychic person was. And I was like, are my friends going to take me seriously? Uh, will my family take me seriously? I think literally of my, um, my uncle who's, uh, PhD clinical psychologist. And I'm like, is he going to therapize me that I'm living out some funny trauma, (laughs) you know, and he's never like done that. Like he's a great guy. Um, but I had all these questions around my own ability to, to be. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. And I feel really great. I started offering my services in that area very specifically, um, just a few weeks ago. And so of course, now I'm in a growth period about it, right? There's a lot of um, shift. Like there was no um, earthquake or anything, but energetically, because it's it's like the deepest energy work you can do is to like be working with energy constantly and on purpose uh, with intention and also working on maintaining your own, for me, make, working on maintaining my own space and boundaries while also engaging with someone else quite consciously with it. Um, that's taking some calibration and I'm not surprised. Um, and it's nice to know that I sort of saw it coming, if that makes sense. Um, and so I feel, it feels good to hibernate. And honestly, I'm a human being, not a human doing as are you. And so giving myself, this is the next part of the, the learning process for me is permission to actually take that break. Um, and I'll tell you more in a moment, if I can come back to it, um, about some of the things that I've looked at in myself intuitively, I use my clairvoyant tools on my own life and in my own body. They're primarily, I mean, like if I can't use it for myself, what good is it? I mean, it's great to be able to read somebody and give them a hello to their spirit and like where they're growing and where they're learning and where they're expanding. But if I can't use it for myself to help me navigate my own path, like, whoo, that is a burden. Um, and so I did, I've been doing a lot of self-work with this kind of transformation and evolution myself and, and very curious. And I'm happy, I'm happy to share about that in a moment, but let's, let's pause right there. And let's go back to talking about leading with expertise and leading with learning. And they're both really important Uh, skills to have and to cultivate. And I'm talking about it both in terms of self-leadership as well as how you lead others, right? Like I wasn't always a coach. I didn't always do what I do. Um, I have worked in government. I've worked as a consultant. Um, I've worked in nonprofits. I've been an outdoor educator. I've been a guide. I've done a lot of different things, but my most recent 10 years was working in a consulting capacity and with um, government in planning. My master's degree is in urban regional planning. So never did I think 10 years ago when I got that degree that I'd be doing this now, but here we are. 
But leading with expertise to me is about that skill set you cultivate, right? And so an example for me, I am an expert facilitator. I am excellent in bringing together groups of hundreds or even thousands of people of running like a citywide campaign to establish a vision and get community feedback and input to help design a space that centers on oppressed and marginalized voices to ensure that there's equity in the process for placemaking, right? I have a lot of expertise in that. I've spent a lot of time doing it, but the core area of my skill set is in facilitation because I know how to be the control for a large process and to manage something from start to finish. But do I know the best outcome for the land that we're talking about, for what the community needs, for what, you know, the perfect design of a place should be for economic development, revitalization, parks and nature planning? No, I don't, because that takes a lot of people to create, but I can create the space to get to an answer really, really well. I have a lot of expertise there, but I don't assume that I'm the expert in the room, if that makes sense. And so I use the skills and tools that I have expertise in to lead because I have confidence in holding together the process and I can stand at the top of the um stairs with the microphone at the, you know, in the auditorium back before COVID when you could like have massive gatherings like that and, and usher people through something. And so people will go, oh gosh, Ellen is a leader. Look at her up there. But really what I am is that I'm an expert in facilitating something and having everyone come along to help create what it needs to be. And so that's an example of leading from expertise, right? But I don't, have in there the hubris that I actually know the answer or that so-and-so is right and -and so-and-so is wrong. I'm very, very good at handling cognitive dissonance and that two people can have a truth that is true for them that are in direct opposition to one another based on their perspective and experiences. And like, that's the kind of stuff you have to manage when you're working with like a city and city planning and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But leading from learning is is different. Uh, Leading from learning is sort of what I view as the role modeling of leadership and making mistakes kind of publicly, and then learning from them and owning them and continuing to keep trying, not giving up, right? So that's outward. That's like leading others. Like that's like if I'm a director of a department and I'm, I'm having to make a bunch of decisions and I have to get educated as I go. I need to have everyone that I'm working with closely inform me so I can have an informed point of view. And then I have to make a decision And I'm leading from learning of what others have taught me. And then if I make a mistake because of the ultimate decision I have made, right, I have to own that. And there are a lot of people in those roles that will never own it, right, because they're anchored in being the expert. And it's detrimental to them because they don't have an opportunity to grow and expand in that position. But if they're coming in, and I think servant leadership is a good term that kind of um, circulates around sort of these circles around this style of learning is like you're in service as a leader. And so you are trying to accommodate and adjust. And there's more mobility there. If you're learning, if you're leading from a learning position where you have expertise, of course, you didn't get this top role to run this something without having experience, but you're in there and you're still adopting a learning mindset. You make that mistake or that big error, or you realize retroactively after something has moved forward for six months that it needs to change. If you're the expert, you're going to be really 
anchored in a rigidity that I'm the expert, what I say is right, and I'm not wrong, right? And then that's an inflexibility and that's a contraction. It doesn't actually allow something else to come in. But if you're willing to be open to learning and going, wow, here's a learning opportunity. We've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. How do we adjust and bring people in to help adjust and maneuver again? Like that's leadership from a learning perspective. And so these two examples are outward facing, right? So I'm imagining somebody like standing in front, leading a group of people, doing stuff, of course. But what does it mean when we're leading from expertise for ourselves and leading from learning for ourselves, for our personal development? Because I mean, you're listening to me on the Transformation Network, like this is about our own development. And and this is kind of where it's really helpful to start tapping into the nuances of your own energy and getting to know you and kind of um, what's, what's happening. So I'll go back and explain a little bit of what I was looking at last night when I was doing my own kind of view of myself and sure. You're like, okay, Ellen, you can see uh, clairvoyantly into these different areas, but what if I don't have that ability? You have that ability. And I feel like I'm, people will say that a lot. Like we're all intuitive. We all have the capacity to go a little deeper. Um, but we really do. Mine has always been a little turned up in terms of like feeling and knowing stuff, but I had to go get support to see better clairvoyantly because I would get pictures, but I wouldn't know how to interpret them. I wouldn't know how to be in control of them. Sometimes it felt like it was something else coming. And I was like, okay, am I channeling something? Like, what is this? Right. Um, and, and so find for me, finding teachers, I was able to refine and, um, put into a framework, gain expertise through learning in how to use these skills that I have innately better for myself. And you can cultivate and grow them. And really what it takes is just a willingness to believe that everything is energy and that our bodies are amazing instruments that are constantly giving us more and more information than our brains even know what to do with. And um, meditation is a great tool to start. So I'll just say that much. Perhaps there's another time we can talk more about how to build an intuitive practice for yourself, um, because I'm really interested in people having the tools. So they're not dependent on other people to be in charge of their healing. That's a really big thing for me. Um, it gets expensive if you give everyone else the power to heal you. And I really want people to be able to heal themselves and address their own challenges themselves. And sometimes we do need help. And sometimes it is really important to be able to have a person or a resource to reach out to finances, to pay for therapy. Um, but there's so much we can do when we, when we reconnect our powers to ourself for our own, for our own healing. And that is a learning opportunity an experience and a place to build expertise in who you are. And I think that that can be incredibly scary, actually. Um, if you start to do the work and look inward at yourselves, and I think this is actually what gets in the way of a lot of people kind of keeping it going, is that if you start to uncover all of the limiting beliefs or kind of things that you're doing out of a reaction to something that happened a long time ago. And you realize, oh my gosh, I've made 10 years of decisions based on this experience that wasn't even in my truth. 
it can be very scary to suddenly open it all up and go, who am I really then without it having been all this other stuff I was carrying around? That held me back for a while, if I'm honest. Um, it's like, well, what am I if I'm not the things that I've thought I've been doing um, for a long time? Like, am I just going to poof, disappear? Um, but it's not that. It's all of the things that you ended up continuing experiencing were the opportunities to have yourself butt up against something that wasn't necessarily working for you. So you could start to refine your edges of who you are even more. And I think just diving into the who you are after you've had so much opportunity to um, be in resistance or resentment or constriction or limitation, the freedom is what's terrifying. Um, and so you can just ease into it slowly. You can just stick a toe into the hot tub on a cold winter's day. You know, you don't have to jump in all at once. It would be a shock to the system from having been in like, I don't know, 32 degree weather to jumping into a 104 degree pool. That might feel like way too much too fast, but you can ease in and then have the comfort and ease of being in a hot tub in the wintertime. Um, that's the best analogy because I really like doing that. <laughs> Not that I haven't done it in a while. Um, and so one of the things for the, the example of stepping into expertise and learning for self, like I was thinking about this last night, my expertise at this point in my personal development is in all of the things that don't work. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like I'm coaching and one would think that I'm supposed to be an expert in like life coaching, an expert in life, an expert in finances, an expert in like becoming an entrepreneur. And really what I am is I'm an expert in all of the things that you run into because I have thrown myself. So I, I, I look at the way that I live my life very similarly to how I learned how to telemark ski. Um, so I was not a skier growing up, like my family didn't ski. And so when I was in my twenties, I got to um, experience it because I worked uh, as an environmental educator and it happened to be in a ski town, which is like not not a place I would have gone to go live otherwise. Like people intentionally moved to ski towns to like go be ski bums and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I moved here because I got a job as an environmental educator and it happens to be attached to this ski resort. Awesome. And it wasn't affiliated, but it was just next door, you know? And so um, I did try snowboarding a few times in my youth. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll snowboard. And then I really saw, I saw these people skiing and I didn't know what it was, but their foot was not attached to the, the, the binding of their boot wasn't fully attached to the ski. The heel was free. So it's free heel. And so it looked like a cross country ski. They were going downhill and they were doing these really elegant, beautiful turns. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. That looks so graceful and so beautiful and so fun. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I was making $20,000 a year in that environmental educator job. It did not pay well. And the housing costs in the ski town were astronomical. So I was living in a house with like five people and, um, you know, working an extra job at night, I was babysitting. And so like, I didn't have money for ski lessons, but someone had an extra pair of skis that were telemark skis and they loaned them to me so I could learn. And my roommate was a really good skier. He had grown up in a ski town. And so he said he would teach me how to ski. And it was, it was, it was so horrendously terrible, but it was so me. I had no fear. And I literally threw myself down a mountain for like a year. Uh, I had so many bruises along my shins because I would always fall sideways and the ski edges would hit like above the boot on my leg. And I was just battered. I was learning all the ways 
not to ski. So emblematic of my life. It finally, the following year, I finally took lessons. I like saved up and I did a women's ski clinic. Um, and, um, and, and the tips I got in a day <laughs> with a coach who knows how to ski really well. Like my roommate was a decent teacher, but he was like, not focused on that. He was like, just try this. And I was like, okay, you know, working with someone who's not a teacher and then working with someone who's trained to be a ski coach, like, oh my God, I made such improvements over the course of that weekend that when I went out later with friends, they were like, you're like a different person. You know how to do this all of a sudden. And now it's like, yeah, turns out. So, um, I have an expertise. And then so like, just, let's just apply that whole story to like my situation in my life. Like I have expertise in throwing myself at so many things. Cause I get interested in it. I want to know all about it. And I go in like 110% and I get banged up, but I come out of it. I pause. I usually go look for a little bit of help after that. And then I integrate and I have a really rich experience of knowing what it feels like to be running into brick walls all the time. And I have enough, I'm 40 now. Right. So I'd have enough experience and working with clients and like having things start to finally go in a way that I can shift and manage that my experience is coming through. And so I have this experience of I have expertise in my own experience, but I also know what to see and look for. And I'm constantly learning as I go. Like my practice is shifting now, right? I'm changing how I offer coaching because I want it to be directly related to also having clairvoyant and intuitive readings available for my coaching clients and also to be helping them to tap in more deeply into their own intuition. Right. And so that's a reshape. That's a shift of my coaching packages from the past three years from what they've been. And so I'm talking about it because I'm in active transition. I'm learning, I'm taking the expertise that I have, I have a framework. I know how to run a business. I have like a talk show with you guys. And then also we're going forward and I'm going to make some mistakes and things are going to be a little messy and it's super fun. And it's really rich to get into the marrow of active creation. And I'm not even saying it like as a pitch, like you should hire me because I'm in the middle of a mess right now. No, like give me a couple of months. Like, let me have this black hole of November and December to integrate myself. Right. And then that's the learning too, the bravery for me to like say, no, I actually turned away work already because I felt this coming, um, that I needed this quiet period to, um, to coalesce so that I could show up and be integrated and ready for what's next and meet you for whoever you are, where you're at, um, when you come visit, if you come visit or just watch the show. Um, so, so that's like the biggest, the biggest part of self-leadership and, and within expertise and learning mindset that I can kind of give as an example. I know it's a bit illustrative and wandery, but hopefully you, you, you heard it. Um, and, and yeah, the other, the other thing that I think about is how brave you have to be regardless of what you're doing to have, to be willing to have that learning experience and to not be the expert. Cause I think after we go, especially if you're someone who's gone to school quite a bit and had um, the experience of being graded and performing and, um, you know, getting a PhD and whatever, which I'm not saying that lightly. I'm, it's a lot of work and I know it is. Um, but there can be, if you, especially if you want to sort of switch or change into something a little bit different than you've been doing before, you'll, 
you'll have to step into a lot of bravery and courage because there's a lot of structures that are upholding you in a certain place that you are right now that can be hard to break because there's expectations of what people look at you and they say, well, you're like this and this is what you do. So why would you change that? Right. I have a friend, I don't know if I've talked about her um, recently, but she's retiring and she's 40 and she's being whacked for it. Like, Good for, I mean, like they, her, she and her family have figured it out and she was, it's not working for her. It's her job is really, really hard on her body. And, um, and she decided to retire and be a little bit more present for her kids and their financial situation works for that. So I'm like, go for it, get it, do what's right for you. And I was surprised to hear how much flack she was getting from her colleagues who were like, you're going to be so bored. You're not going to have a purpose. And I was, I just thought to myself, I was like, well, no, she's always been really interested in about 85 other things. She's not going to be bored. She's going to have a lot of fun and she has the resources to do it. And it's, it's when you get in that fixed mindset that you can only be within your expertise and that that's where your value lies, um, that we stop learning. And so it can be scary. And I want you to know, like from the bottom of my heart that you can do it and you actually have permission. And that's the, the link there is finding the places where you can start to give yourself permission to step into being the learner again and lead through learning. You have permission, you can have it, and you can start to shift by sticking your toe into the hot tub on a cold winter's night. I have to explain the picture that I have in my mind about this place. So again, living in a mountain area, I was in uh, Wyoming at this point, and um, we lived really close to, well, we lived in Jackson. So it was near Teton National Park, Great Teton National Park, Yellowstone National Park. But there was this place near there um, outside of the parks called Granite Hot Springs. And um, you would have to ski in like 10 miles to get there in the winter. But my husband and I did it one January and you camp and it was like below zero. So we dug a snow pit and, um, we used our skis over the roof. So I had learned how to ski at this point for sure over the, um, the pit. And then we put like a tarp over it and like winter sleeping bags underneath it. And we slept outside in this little thing. And we had, um, I remember, uh, we had scrambled eggs that we brought in a, in a bottle. They were raw eggs and we pre-scrambled them so that they would travel and not break while we were skiing. And we were going to cook them for breakfast, but they had frozen solid through. So we just had to like thaw them out in hot water before we could cook our eggs. Um, but the hot springs were amazing. It was actually, uh, developed. So there was like a deck around it and everything. And we were the only ones camping out there. So the night, you know, it was so cold that my hair froze instantaneously when I would get out. So talking about managing, staying warm, but, um, the night sky, I just remember it. And it was like below zero outside and stepping our toe in to the hot water gently to release. It was just beautiful. All right. I have talked over time tonight or today. I'm like lost at nighttime now. Um, thanks so much for joining us. And I hope to see you next time on the pause Tuesday, second and fourth Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here on the pause. Whenever you are listening and wherever you're listening from, we hope this time gives you some space from your day to reflect and gain some insight into where you're going and how you can make your next steps count. 
If you're really looking to jump into your personal growth journey, schedule a free consultation with me and learn how my coaching can help you to start taking meaningful action in your life today. Visit my site, ellenwyomingdeloy.com. See you next time.